And welcome back to another episode of the Burnley Podcast. I'm joined by Thomas. Uh, no Tom today. Uh, he is out in Montreal for uh, some WWE events. Uh, so it'll just be the two of us today. Um, not a fun week, at least uh, for a Flames fan. Uh, Thomas, buddy, how's it going? Saw you last night. We were with each other for the Buffalo game on Saturday. How's uh, how's the morning going? All right. I mean, uh, <laughs> talking hockey right now, so can't complain. Yeah. Um, so we'll just get right into this. Uh, we'll start with the Flames. I don't have much to talk about. Uh, I don't want to talk about the Well, you, you, well, you can talk about it. You just don't want to. I can, but it's that I don't really want to. <laughs> um, so since we last recorded, um, they uh, went one and two or one, one and one, I guess. Uh, we got to see them live in Buffalo. That was a good game. We got to see mm-hmm. Jacob Pelche's first NHL goal. That was pretty awesome. Uh, Dennis Gilbert scored uh, in his homecoming to Buffalo in his first pro game back in his home city. Um, Tyler Toffoli buried a couple. Dylan Dubé had a career day, a four-point night. Uh, we got to see a very nice Tage Thompson goal, uh, which we had a pretty good vantage point from uh, where we were sitting on that goal. So uh, we had a good time there. Uh, the game was good. Thankfully, they won when we went. Uh, but that's not really the game that I... <laughs> I'd want to talk about the last two have been pretty disappointing, uh, especially the one against uh, Ottawa Monday night. Uh, you squander a two goal lead with, you know, almost no time left on the clock and you, you lose in overtime and I don't even know what to say at this point. And then you go last night and you lay an egg against Detroit where it's, I, I was saying to you Thomas last night where it's basically the same storyline. You out shoot your opponent, you out chance your opponent, but mm-hmm. Um, when it comes down to it, very little of the chances were high danger. And then uh, the chances that you did give up uh, went in the net because the goaltending has been quite poor this year. Um, you know, it's become the storyline. It's almost March. Trade deadline is less than three weeks away. And we're, yeah. we're sitting here with saying the same old things um, about this hockey team. And at some point, I mean, maybe the team just isn't that good. Um Alan, did you see the Alan Walsh tweet from from last night? I did not know. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it to you because yeah, it's it. pretty it's pretty funny, um, and it's kind of ironic. I That's guess. the agent, right? Uh, the agent of Jonathan Huberto, right? Yes. Uh, so oh yes, said, yes, yes, yes. So he said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Also, negativity sucks the joy right out of the players. At NHL Flames. Can I comment on that for? Yeah, before? yeah, sure. That's pretty uh, significant when it's coming from a guy who's only been there for a couple months and coming from his agent, first of all, is pretty scary stuff considering they probably told him in the offseason, we're probably going to contend this year. You're going to be a big part of it. And obviously right now, Jonathan Huberto isn't a big part of the team right now. He hasn't been that great all year. But at the same time, it's a team game and the team hasn't looked very good great at times they've looked okay at times they've showed spurts that they can score goals defend very well but coming from an agent months into a guy's contract like and it hasn't even really kicked it in hasn't yet. even kicked in yet yeah it's pretty surprising there russo yeah no i just i think alan walsh needs to shut the fuck up that also too <laughs> like you um, could relax kid look at, at the end of the day like maybe maybe i'm just spitballing tell your 84 million dollar man to get his head out of his ass and start playing because even you noticed when we were at the game on Saturday, it's just like he's slow. It's it's not really looking like he's doing a lot out there. And look, he played a very – I know the system in Florida was different. Like we've talked about it time and time and time and time again. 
but like Jonathan at some point, like, and I know I've, I know I'm, I'm at, at the end of the day, I probably sound like a broken record right now. Um, but he needs to get his shit together. And, you know, hopefully this is just a one year thing because he's here for the next eight. He's not going anywhere guys. Uh, and I'm sorry, but no, at this, at this rate, no team is taking him either. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't think they're a playoff team, like especially watching last night. It's funny because the Ottawa game I watched and it was like they dominated mm-hmm. for 58 minutes. Yep. And then in 46 seconds, they blew it and they dominated the overtime too. They had all the chances. Ottawa yep, got one chance, mm-hmm. one chance and Jacob Markstrom didn't make the save. That's the other part is Jacob Markstrom has been awful. And I've said that more than a few times and, I don't know, like where where is his future? What's his future going to hold? You know, after the season, like if if I'm the Flames, like I'm doing my damn hardest to get out of that that deal. I am I am trying very hard to get out of that contract. Um, uh, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, it's it's disappointing, especially just because expectation going into the season was high, right? Like, yeah. and um. Any team that would have lost 200-point players would be in a rebuilding phase, <laughs> I'd assume, right? Yeah. It's it's almost – it's crazy the fact that they are – that they even tried to contend, right? And I saw some posts last night that said, you can't build your team through free agency, no. right? Like when Gaudreau and Kachuk – left and i know i'm getting a little bit off board but they didn't replace them with drafted homegrown talent they are replaced with through trade jonathan huberto mm-hmm. through free agent signing nazem kadri lenholm was uh through trade tofoli was through trade there is really almost no homegrown talent on this team outside of you know i'm trying to think dube manjapani backland um Anderson, mm-hmm. and I think that's it. Unless I'm missing someone on the blue line, which I don't think I am. No, I'm not. They have four guys. Oh, Pelche. Pelche. I forgot about Jacob Pelche. Yeah, but he's still um, right? Yeah. And uh, it was interesting because it was uh, Rhett and Boomer were talking about it, and they were going like, you can't gain chemistry from that. It might come eventually, but like you have these guys that are homegrown. like They've come up together. Yeah. Right. Like if you like, I just I didn't. I've been not really checking the standings. It's been just kind of depressing. <laughs> um, they are few points. Like I mean, league wide, they sit 18th. At that point, you can only jump up to 28. I mean, you lose a couple games here. You know, maybe you can get in that Bedard sweepstakes. That'd be a real jolt of life into that organization. But I don't know. At this point, like it's. Like I said, it's February 17th, and yep. we still have the same old shit right. we're seeing in October. Um, That's really all I have. I don't mm-hmm. have much. I don't have much today. I, I I, honestly barely watched the third last night. I was so checked out, <laughs> especially after the game on Monday, where it's like, again, they played such a good game. And yeah, they blew it was right it. there. Like, I don't care that they got a point. Like, I don't care if, you know, oh, but they deserve to win. Doesn't matter. They didn't win. Right. right? So, um. The Leafs haven't played that much. They beat Chicago the other night. That was a wild start to that game. Yeah. Absolutely nuts. So you can get into that. Yeah, I'll get into it. So uh, the day we came back from Buffalo, they lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets. 
believe it was four three. I I also checked out of that game once they were just down and out. Uh, pretty embarrassing stuff. And there's this thing going around where I think Boston and Tampa Bay have one loss versus the bottom something teams, and then the Leafs are six four and four versus them. Like I don't want to get into that storyline too much, but again, that's sort of like. People are saying it's sort of like the killer instinct, and I believe so. Like, you you got to beat up on the teams you're supposed to beat up on. And I know they have this great record versus – or great, I guess, showing up stat versus the good, good teams in this league, like the Bostons, like the Tampas, like the other guys in the West. But, like, I know they have good records against them, but at the end of the day, those – like you said, Russo, those points, like, they truly matter at the end of the season when you go look back and saying, oh, damn, like, we should have won that game or should have got that point in overtime. And should have not forced overtime, not went to the shootout. So those are big points you're going to miss out uh, maybe on home ice against the Tampa Lightning because we've known their opponent since probably October. Um, but yeah, going back to that Chicago game, really dumb start to that game. Probably shouldn't allow two goals uh, to the Chicago Blackhawks, but they did because uh, they were very careless, stupid goals. Um, but yeah, they won that game. They dominated that game from start to finish, I believe. And uh God, there's one player in the Chicago Blackhawks who I truly feel bad for. I know he's not having the greatest year, but Pat Kane, Jesus, dude, he looks distraught skating on that ice every time. He misses passes. His teammates miss passes. They miss shots that he gives them open chances to score. And he just goes right to the bench and just sulks. So I I, I have to assume he has to have it figured out by now if he's going to be dealt or he's going to waive that trade clause to any other team. He was really pissy about the New York Rangers, which is a team he's probably looked at for a while since his line mate there for, I believe, two seasons, or Tubby Panarin was there. They got Tarasenko as Russian line mate. But it's just it's just distraught seeing Pat Kane uh, doing that on the ice, just not looking like the player he was a few years ago. Obviously, he's a bit older now, but yeah. yeah uh, we'll get into the trade guys. targets later in the episode, so maybe he might be on mine, but... He's been a guy I've been circling for a while. But the, in terms of the Leafs, Austin Matthews came back. He scored a goal and assist. Proud of that. Um, yeah, I can see this guy totally going around, Russo. I don't know about you. Like, he just he has that dog mentality, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Ilya Samsonov is also playing good. On home ice again, 931 save percentage versus the Blackhawks. Obviously, two goals probably shouldn't have let in. But at the end of the day, still continues that home record. Yeah, and they got the win, which is yep. big, right? So, um I didn't really see much of the game. I was working, so but I was. We had the game on, and I saw obviously that first period that was wild. Like mm-hmm. there was the Neander goal, like like what ten seconds in, yeah. Blackhawks tied it. Uh, I saw the Matthews goal, the Kerfoot one. They got disallowed, but then they scored right right away again. Yeah. So, um, no, like they just keep on they keep on rolling. Like, I know every now and then they're gonna lose, you know, games, and uh, that that six four and four thing, that six four and four record thing is funny because um. Hey, they're not going to be playing, you know, uh, a bad team in the playoffs, mm. right? They're going to be playing probably Tampa Bay, um, which hey, they're a good team. So, um, and like they're rolling too, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's big to get Matthews back. You know, maybe the rest is going to do him some good. Um, yeah, like there, I, I don't see any really issues. Like, we'll see if there's anybody that they target at the deadline. Like, we keep hearing names that um might be there yeah like i but, just think they're unrealistic at this point though yeah I, I, we were when we were in the car in uh for buffalo it was like we all the the word was that they weren't gonna go big big game hunting this year right it was gonna mm-hmm. be for depth 
Maybe Kyle Dubas pulls something out of his hat. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think um, a couple years back, like the Muzzin move, I think kind of just came out of nowhere. <laughs> um, even Giordano a little bit last year came out of, you know, just kind of happened. Yep. Um, I know that was a guy you targeted, but like, yep. you know, it just kind of happened. Um, you know, I remember we were talking about Felino a couple years ago and we were like, ah, oh, it won't happen. And then it did. So um, <laughs> Dubas does know how to keep a lid on things. Yeah. Which is good. Um, so you might just see something completely out of left field. Um, and we'll see. I mean, um, I don't know if Kane is the guy to bring in. I, I don't know if he actually really helps them in any way. Sure, he might be a good add on that uh, second line there. But um, at this point in his career, I think a team is really going to overpay for him. Um, and he seemed pretty upset when Tarasenko yeah. got moved, right? So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely like you. You talk about waiving the no trade clause. It's it's definitely going to happen. Yes, like he's definitely being moved. Um, and the returns probably going to be stupid. Like I, I I would love to know what this returns going to be. Um, if Tarasenko got as much as he got, and, and that was a lot, and I right? and argue right now, Tarasenko is probably the better player out of the two. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I wonder if Taves gets moved. Yeah, you know, there there's a lot of questions obviously in Chicago, but yep. um, whatever helps him get Bedard, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, why don't we just get right into your? I know like Jacob Chikarin has been sitting out, but yeah, yeah. he might play into this. So, why, like, who are your trade targets going into the trade deadline for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Um, you know, do you have three or five guys in mind? Yeah, I have a couple guys, but like, like you said, Russo, some of them might be unrealistic. Like, first guy on my list, Pat Kane. Uh, I've wanted him since the rumor came out in July. I was on vacation, got the rumor. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> um, I don't know what the price is. Like you said, Russo could be unbelievably stupid considering Kane's pretty older now and his peak was a long time ago. And he's probably the greatest Chicago Blackhawk of all time. I don't think they're going to shortchange. <laughs> I think they're going to want full value for this guy. So that uh, that is a bit scary in itself, but Getting a like, guy like that who has clutch uh, that clutch gene in the playoffs, who the Leafs, you could probably argue they do not have that on their team. Maybe Matthews, probably the only guy, but have I seen a big playoff goal from him in game six or seven? Yet to see it. Um, sound of game five versus Tampa, but not in six and seven, which is a game. The two games Pat Kane could probably do that. And alongside Tavares' wing, Matthews' wing, it's pretty, uh, pretty probable that he would be able to score some big goals or get some big points in the playoffs. But that's just a, a little bit of a more of a stretch. Uh, obviously, Timo Meyer has been circling around the rounds yeah. for Carolina, New Jersey. Surprisingly, Vegas, even though I don't think San Jose would even sniff around the Vegas Golden Knights getting one of their players for a, a very long time. And I don't even know how that would work. I would assume Jack Eichel, like, I, I don't know what they would do. Like, I know Stone's on LTIR right now, but how the hell would they get Jack or Timo Meyer? But... Yeah, that's one for the Leafs. I don't think that's unrealistic, so I'm going to leave him off for now uh, just because I think other people have said better packages are coming from other teams. Um, a defenseman I'm going to go to is Vladislav Gavrikov on the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's a guy I've always wanted on the Leafs. He plays a good style of hockey. He plays a style of hockey that Jake Muzzin did play when he was playing, and Jake Muzzin's out right now, and a good replacement is Vladislav Gavrikov. But then again, who comes out of the lineup? Uh, from the defensive core and that is a problem you kind of scoot down the way to the playoffs because Gavrikov is probably an upgrade on most defensemen on this team and if you want to get him 
I would go and get him. I would say he's an is upgrade he, Russo. Is he? Yeah, I would. Yeah, he plays that style. He plays that. Mean I know. I just style. I don't know. It's like because your left side, it's you know, he's not Riley's not coming out. Right. I'd imagine Sandine doesn't come out. Um, Giordano doesn't come out. At least I wouldn't think he does. You know, Brody doesn't come out. Lilligren doesn't come out. And Timmons, like, is is Timmons the guy? But he's been playing well in the adjustment ball. I I don't know. I I just, honestly, unless the Leafs are getting, like, a very top-end defenseman, whether it's Jacob Chikorin or, I don't know if there's any defensemen available other than Chikorin that are high-end. Like, I don't know if it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Especially because Gavrikov is, he's the prototypical hockey man defenseman where he's big and he plays rough and yeah. doesn't move the puck all that well. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a fit. Again, when you got guys like Giordano and Riley and Brody and you know even Sandine who's you know played well at times and poor at others, I don't know if a defenseman is really the target. Like I said, unless it's one of those big time. Um, high-end defenseman. I, I don't know if a depth guy is worth going to get, especially like when the Leafs already have, I would say, quite a bit of depth. If you want to go out and get a guy like Luke Shen or... Oh, no, please, uh, no. Or just someone... <laughs> yeah, who, I know what you mean, though. God, in case of injuries. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have somebody. It was like when... It was like the Flames last year where I was like, just go get somebody to, to um, you know, in case an injury happens. They didn't do that, and then you know Mike Stone was forced to play, you know, in the playoffs. I mean, he did an admirable job, but like you wish you maybe had another guy, right? So uh, maybe you go out and just get somebody who, like a seventh defenseman. Yeah, like someone that you know you can probably send to the minors, and that like if needs to play, you can call them up. But like I think the Leafs have like eight guys right now: Riley, Brody, Giordano, Hall. Lollegren, Sandine, Timmons, Jordy Ben. Like they got like they got guys, right? Like Jordy Ben's still kicking around. They got guys. Like I, I just I don't know. Like I said, unless it's a like a, a number one de facto defenseman on the back end, like yeah, I, I don't I know if it's worth. I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah. Obviously, the the move I would try and make is the the top six left winger. Yeah, the yeah, same here. Yeah, that they've been screaming. Like people have been screaming for for years, right? Where it's like. You know, even like last year, where I don't even know who was on the Leafs' second line last year with Tavares and Nylander, like who ended the season there. I'm trying to think. Like I'm like because it was Bunting, Matthews, Marner, somebody, Tavares, Nylander. You had Camp, Engvall, Kerfoot. Was it Kerfoot on that line? Might have been Kerfoot. Might have been. Oh, no, Colin Blackwell was a fourth liner. Fourth liner, yeah. He was with Camp and. God, I don't even remember. Yeah, exactly. See, that's what I mean. So, you know, if there's a guy there that you can go get, I don't know if it's going to be Timo Meyer. Um, but there are some names out there. Like, I think Max Domi could make some sense. I like that one. Yeah, he's playing pretty well in Chicago. Um, there are some guys out there that you know, and there's always the one guy that you don't think is available. Right. That ends up being available, and then the trade happens. Um, so we'll we'll see. I mean. We've already had a few trades now for the deadline. Tarasenko, Horvat. I imagine a Chikorin one's going to be coming soon. I, I don't know how long they're planning to keep me out of the lineup for. Same with Gavrikov, I guess. But um, it's uh, trade deadline time. It's always fun. It's always fun. <laughs> well, to answer your question, Russo, was Ilya Mikheyev. <laughs> Holy crap, Ilya Mikheyev. Yeah, it's, uh, 
I totally, I totally forgot. Andre Kasha, frick, man. Yeah, Sandra Kasha. Spezza. You're right. Yeah, you know, right, yeah. I remember Spezza, but he was like on their fourth. Like, yeah, crap. Damn. Okay, so you see what I mean? Like, you go and get a bona fide guy. You know, and I know people are screaming, "Oh, it's Nick Robertson." No, it's not. Not right now, at least. No. So, um, I guess my question would be, who would? So, so let's say they go after one of these big fish guys, Timo Meyer, Jacob Chikrin. Are you okay with Kyle Dubis? Uh, selling off some big time prospects or picks. Would you yes. be okay with that? Yes. To answer your question, Russo, yes, I'd be perfectly fine with that because it's again, you would love to keep the prospects. Obviously, you love to pay the shortest amount of you can for a player, but like you've said multiple times, you have to pay big price to get a big player. And all the guys we just named are pretty big players and they're going to cost a mm. big price. And it only makes you better against a team. You know who you're going to play and you know how they played last year and who they have in their lineup, who their top six is, how they play, how their goaltender, who's the best goaltender in the world, maybe not this year at the very least, but he's still top two, number one, most of the time. And you're going to need all the firepower you can get against this team. I know it's one round, right? But you haven't got past that one round in years. So, you know, maybe they need this, they need this win and they could go on this run. They need this first round win. They could go on the run, but you're going to need to do something in order for, you can't stay put and get these depth guys again. I don't think that's going to work. Like as much as I think the guys who are on the market for depth pieces on the Toronto Maple Leafs who are targeted as much as I like them, they won't get them over the hump because Tampa Bay is just that much better and they know how to play against your players. Like their bottom six is way better than our bottom six. Now the analytics could argue, people can argue, but the names they have scored so many big goals and opportune times throughout the whole round last year. Like you had a good Perry, Corey Perry goal. You had Patrick Roon goal. You had Nick Paul in game seven getting two goals. Like it's guys like that who you probably should target in terms of the style of play that those guys play on the Tampa Lightning. But at the end of the day, like, I think you need more firepower and offense because like I mentioned, did any of those guys score big goals? John Tavares did. And that was the only guy who scored in game six. He scored two goals in that uh, game, six. game six. Didn't he? he did. Tipping. Yeah. But what yeah. I'm saying is like to close out the game, you were enough. No one was there, right? So, well, to be fair, no one's done that for the Leafs. <laughs> That's what I mean. Put together, right? Like, yeah. like you go back to 20, 2016, Matt, sorry, 2017, Matthew scored in that game six. Yep. You know, 20, uh, 2018, uh, that game seven, it was like the Marlowe show. Yeah. <laughs> like, Marlowe had a couple. 2019, it was uh, no one. Tavares I think it was just Tavares, yeah. Yeah. 2020, nobody. Uh, 2021, nobody. <laughs> 2022, uh, Morgan Riley. But yeah, like I've I said it even like last year. I was like the big guys need to like the biggest trade deadline acquisition the Leafs can make is their big guys showing up when it matters. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest improvement this team can have is Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, all coming together to make it happen in a game that means everything, mm-hmm. right? You get, yeah, I understand Vasilevsky last year, but you're getting him again. So you've <laughs> got to figure it out. Right. Yeah. So like you've like, they've just got to, they've all just got to figure it out. And eventually maybe they will, maybe they won't, 
who knows? But you've basically got this year and next year. And then this team might not be together after next year. We don't know, right? Like Matthews is up. Nylander's up. You got one year from Tavares and uh, Marner. You know, shit or get off the pot, right? Right. So we'll see. I mean, I, I think Timo Meyer is going to help anybody. Yeah. Right. Um, I do want to ask, it isn't release related, but uh, okay, what do you think about Eric Carlson on the Oilers? What do I think about him on the Oilers? Yeah, what do you think? I think it's just I think it's just one of those things where the Edmonton Oilers are getting so horny for someone they've desperately needed for a while. And I, I don't think the trade is gonna happen. I don't even think he's gonna get traded, but if he were to hypothetically to the Oilers, it'd be the biggest overpay I've ever seen, probably. He also has a full no move. So you have to wave to go to Edmonton. Right. And would he want to go to Edmonton? Yes. He's playing with Connor McDavid, for God's sake. And he's probably going to be on the ice at the same time he is and same power play unit and whatever. But it'd be one of the biggest overpays we've seen in a while because just just how good Carlson's been all year, right? Yeah. It would be... uh... I said it to you last week when that news kind of broke that Edmonton was kicking tires on Carlson. Mm-hmm. That uh, it was like they if they got Carlson, they should just put him on McDavid's right mm-hmm. wing. Don't even play him at D. Just like literally have him play right wing, and you you put together him, Drysaddle, and, and Carlson, and just go to town on other teams. That'd be like if any team would do that, it would be Edmonton. Yeah. I think like if any team were to say, you know what, Eric, you're gonna play forward, <laughs> it would probably be Edmonton just because like. I don't think they care about defense to begin with anyway. So it would be kind of funny if they did. Uh, but no, I, I don't think he's getting moved either. I think from what we know and what we've seen and what people have been talking about, it's San Jose is asking the moon for him. And rightfully so. He's going to score 100 points this year as a defenseman. Like he, he has to get, what, 30 points in the next 30 games? Like yeah, very he'll good probably one. get it. Yeah. Um. And rightfully so, they're asking the moon. But, like, I believe Carlson's fully healthy now, but what are the odds of him doing this again? Because mm-hmm. even Carlson in his prime wasn't doing this kind of thing, right? I don't know. I think San Jose would be smart to just kind of get a decent return for him. If you have to eat some salary, do it. Yeah. You need a little bit of salary. And, you know, you can kind of, like, I, and the, but the problem is with San Jose is they're locked into so many contracts, yeah, which makes it hard to rebuild, I guess. Hurdle's locked in, Couture's locked in, Carlson's locked in. The one guy they didn't lock in was the guy they should have, and Timo Meyer, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's kind of funny how that's worked out in San Jose. I don't really know what who's the GM before Greer, Doug Wilson. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing back then, but. Anyway, um, do we want to do players of the week? Unless you Yeah, when did we record last week? Did we record last Friday? Yes, we did. Okay, so I have my guy. If you, I can go. Yeah, go for it. All right, so my guy, he is on a five-game winning streak with his team, and it's the captain of his team. It's Dylan Larkin of the Detroit Red Wings. He has 10 points in his last four games played. Um, rumors also swirling around him that he might get traded. I do not see this yeah. happening at all. Um, too good of a player to... For Detroit just to, you know, say, okay, well, we'll just take a few first-round picks, a few prospects for you. Um, but that last week of play, five goals, five assists, and four games is unbelievable for him. He's been great. Um, you know, I don't know what that contract looks like, but sure as hell, it's going to be very high for this guy, and deservedly so. He's been 
a massive part of that team for a while. I know they haven't won, you know, with him in the lineup uh, on their team, but a great centerpiece to kind of, you know, mold your team for the future. And they're on a five game win streak and they're not even far out of the playoffs. Not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but at this point in time, this is a better Red Wings team I've seen in a while. And at least they're kind of fighting for something at this point. Yeah. Um, For myself, I talked about the Flames earlier and how it hasn't been a great time, but uh, one of the lone bright spots over the past week, uh, Dylan Dubé, uh, seven points, has lost three games, uh, four goals, three assists in that time span. Uh, He's been playing some great hockey. I think this is kind of the Dylan Dubé that um, Flames fans expected when he was drafted and, you know, through his career at the World Juniors and, you know, his career in junior hockey and uh, the way he played um in the ahl and you know kind of the glimpses we'd see there was just a lot of inconsistencies in his game and you know even this year there was um some inconsistencies in his game but uh he's been playing very very well lately he's gonna break basically career highs and everything he's up to 16 goals on the year um he'll he's gonna get to 18 which is his career high um he's got uh 40 uh, no he's got 34 points this year which already is in a career which already is a career high in points um yeah he's just he's been playing good hockey you know is he necessarily the answer uh in the flames top six i don't know probably not um but it's been just good to see you know him uh playing well he scored a very nice goal last night even in a losing effort um yeah uh i'll go with dube he's been playing very well lately Mm-hmm. So uh, before we sign off, do we have anything else left to add? Because not really much in terms of news happened this week. <laughs> Teams who have seemed to be like, quote unquote, sellers have been kind of winning. I mean, Detroit's five straight. I believe the yeah. St. Louis Blues have won three straight. Um, so they're a few points back of the playoffs. Uh, what other teams have come back to earth? Like, I mean, I don't know. There's some teams who have kind of like just like been mid for a while. Winnipeg lost to Columbus yesterday, which is kind of embarrassing. Yeah, I mean. You know, TSN kind of made their, they made a solid prediction. I kind of want to talk about this. They made, they think the Winnipeg Jets are the best team in Canada, which you could probably argue how good they are when you go through their lineup. Um, They think they're the best team to suit Timo Meyer. Do you believe that is a possibility? Because look how good their top six would be. Holy shit. It would be. My question is, do they have the assets to make it work? Is the question, and, and the question has always been, is Kevin Shovel Day off willing to do it? Mm-hmm. I don't think Meyer would resign in Winnipeg, just because it's Winnipeg and players seem like they never want to sign there. Um, maybe I mean, like I said before, Timo Meyer helps anybody, um, and I think you know between you know him, Shifley, Ehlers, Wheeler. Uh, Perfetti, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. I mean, yeah, it'd be a pretty, it'd be a pretty menacing top six, I guess. Uh, when you have the best goalie or one of the best goalies in the world, you could win. Um, I still think New Jersey is like to me like would be such a good place. I mean, like Tom mentioned Carolina, like mm-hmm. stuff. Jarvis opening his trade value yesterday with that hat trick. <laughs> so I mean, uh, who knows? I mean that that'll be an interesting one. Like watches get to the deadline and they don't move them. Yeah, it's probably the case. Like, watch it. Just it's going to drag into the off season, and they're just going to trade him as an RFA. Well, like, the thing is, even, like, would it even surprise you if? No. <laughs> but the thing is, like, 
I don't think he's going to take his QO because after this no. year, I think he wants to, you know, sign that contract and take his money no, right now. It, it would be dumb, I think, to take a one-year QO. Like, yeah. we talked, like, even with Kachuk last year, it would have been stupid for him to do it because you're going to be betting on yourself. And, like, Kachuk had a career last year at 104 points. Get paid when you can. Yep. Myers having one of – he might be on pace to have the best year of his career. I don't know. I know he's sitting around a point per game, which could be. Um, why would you risk signing a QO? Like, say he does get traded. Why risk signing a one-year deal with a team that you haven't played with mm-hmm. and risking, you know, millions, right? To me, that it never makes sense unless it's a player that – isn't a star right exactly and yeah. you know okay i'll take a one-year bet on myself type of thing um it wouldn't make sense meyer like he'll he will sign somewhere this offseason whether it's in san jose or or somewhere else he's gonna sign a long-term deal i don't think any team would want to take the risk of a one-year contract and have a walk to ufa especially if they're going to be giving up major assets to get that player <laughs> yeah. right um i think for both parties involved, it would make sense. We'll see. I mean, that's a a deal that's either going to happen on deadline day or it's going to be a deal that happens like just out of nowhere. We're going to be sitting one day and it's going to be like, oh, Timo Meyer's game moved. In the offseason. No, like it's either going to be he gets moved at the deadline Mm -hmm. or he's going to get moved at like some point in the next few weeks and where it's like, oh, like he got moved. Or yeah, it'll be like at the draft. Yeah. Actually, when was the last big trade that happened at the draft? Yours, Don't give Dougie. me Kirby Doc. Because that wasn't really big. The Dougie Hamilton trade for Calgary? Yeah, yeah, you can say that. That was pretty big. Happened on day two, unfortunately, though. Oh. Yeah. Nothing ever big happens on day one. You never see like, the big blockbusters happen on day one, unfortunately. So we'll see. I mean, trade deadline is always fun, but you know, unfortunately, all the big guys always get moved. They're going already. <laughs> like, why can't it be like the NBA? The NBA is fun. <laughs> the NBA is fun, anyway. All right, I'm good, man. Good. All right, well, then that's going to do it for this one. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Brain Leaf Pod. And we'll see you guys in the next one.